Resident sporting guru Nathan Burden joins us on the muster before we wrap up for a Thursday. Nathan, how's things? Yeah, very good, mate. Yourself? I'm enjoying that blue sky with that yellow thing that I'm not used to. Yeah, it's, uh, we haven't seen too much of it, have we? Yeah, we'll start with the obvious as well. Um, the Stags, we'll go back to Sunday afternoon, that 15-all draw. Um, one of your esteemed former colleagues from another co- publication, his description of the game was um, only one to behold, actually, the way he used words to describe it, basically calling it one of the worst games of rugby he's ever seen. Was it that bad? Um, look, I he... <laughs> I do know. I know what you're referring to. He, was, he actually messaged me with about ten minutes to go, um, and because I think he had a he had an alternative intro uh, ready to go. It was, uh, at that stage, we were sort of hoping for it, still hoping for a stag's win, um, uh, and it was a great intro too. Unfortunately, it ended up on the on the cutting room floor, but it wasn't a great game of footy, was it? I think it was two teams that um, it was almost like a like a finals game where you got two teams that are so that so desperately want to win. Um, but aren't quite sure how to do it. And um, and I don't know if you, you probably could have played for another 10 minutes or another 20 minutes and still not have uh, not not have got a winner out of it. And the fact is that Northam were right for the plucking. This was their third game in 10 days. We should have won that game, no question. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't think you, know, you could have grabbed any of those Stags players after the game and they probably would have said exactly the same thing. It was a probably a, a, a massive opportunity um, that walked out the door. Um, and I'm just not quite sure why. I just think probably as a team they're just sort of, you know, maybe just struggling to find your identity or, or trying to, you know, trying to find that that spark that um, that teams that win on a regular basis um, have. They just sort of have have an, an innate ability to to find a way, and that's something that the that the Stags haven't got at the moment, obviously. And um, the challenge um, the challenge ahead of them is a is a Ranfurly Shield challenge, which is um, you know exciting and scary at the same time. The title, actually, I've brought it up here. There is winning ugly, then there is drawing with the ugliness of a thousand axolotls. Now, axolotls, it's a Mexican walking fish. The reason I know this, uh, my teacher in Standard 3, Miss Chapman, had a Mexican walking fish called Ferdinand in the room. There was um, there was a huge amount of kicking, wasn't there? Um, on both teams, though, and I, and I think probably the, the conditions um, definitely challenged both teams. Um, I think... You, where you know once again sort of going back to that final situation where no no team wants to make a mistake and and really it was going to be whatever team could could get some sort of territory going going but um, yeah yeah just probably just that that confidence that decision making um, that that ability to probably just have a bit of a crack you know and obviously going back to those conditions they sort of counted against that too so. Um, you know, I guess the beauty of sport is that you get another chance um, next week to prove yourself, and I'm, and I'm sure that's what the, the Stags will be hoping to do this week. Have you heard anything about Dan Hollinshead, the Bay of Plenty First Five, who came down? Um, any word on when he's going to be available? Look, I'm not too sure, um, and, and I think, you know, it's been interesting. Um, we've seen Greg Dyer and Marty Banks in the, in the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, I guess the, the Marty Banks situation, he's been on such a long um, injury layoff and, and just finding his, his way back in. So, I mean, he is a classy player. We know that when, he, when he's at his best. Um, but it has been a significant time that he's been out of the game for. So you wouldn't expect him to be um, firing all cylinders straight back into the game. Um, he does obviously bring um, an element of experience. And um, I've also, you know, I've liked elements of what Greg Dyer's brought to the game as well too. So... Um, you know, it will be interesting to see what the Stags decision makers um, plan to do in that number 10 jersey going forward. 
I'll be perfectly honest, I've never gone into a round for shield game with so low expectations for my side. I'll be, yeah, I'm never like that. You're always a starter's chance, but look, I don't know. I'm trying to keep a positive, Nath, but I am really struggling. I think um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know if, the, if this radio frequency reaches all the way to Wellington, but be good if it, you know, be good if it doesn't, because... Yeah, I reckon the the lower the the lower the bar, the lower the radar, the you know the more the underdog status we can we can have, the better. I I hate to hark back to it, but you know, going going back to 2009 and going up to Christchurch um, for a Shield Challenge against a, a pretty classy um, Canterbury team, and and even though the Stags were travelling reasonably well at that stage, you know they they were on the cusp of um, they had to win that game to to make a quarter final, but they you know they they were obviously. Um, they'd done well enough during the season to put themselves in in that position. No one thought they were going to win that game, and it'd been half a century since they'd won the yeah. won the Lagerwood. So, the more the more of an underdog we can be heading up to the capital, um, the better, I reckon. And, and it, it'll just make it all the more sweeter when um, when Josh Bicuous can can lift that Lagerwood up um, above his head. Yeah, here's hoping. See how Saturday pans out. Owen Farrell, the tackle that has divided the rugby world and basically he's got all these lawyers just rubbing their hands of glee because if this gets upheld, all of a sudden the, every single red card in professional rugby can get taken to court. However, it sounds as though this morning um, the Owen Farrell tackle, there's going to be um, another judiciary hearing on it. They're, just, they're not wearing the decision. There's, there's a heap of things in this, isn't there? There's a bit of a serial offender at um, Owen Farrell. There's the I guess the looming shadow of World Cup, and and you know all of us will, will have concerns about the you know are the games going to be decided on um, you know with with sort of a with this sort of intervention? The answer is probably yes. Um, you know I, I guess all we really need, um, all we're sort of crying out for is consistency. But it's it's just such a dynamic part of the game um, that I, I you know obviously there's people more intelligent than me. Um, in charge of this, and are struggling to sort of find a, a, a clear message that they can give to the players. So um, Owen Farrell um, doesn't necessarily get it right, but I guess you know, with this, if it was any other player in the world, I'm not sure if it would get, be getting the same attention. So um, you know, it's an interesting storyline heading into what's going to be a pretty interesting Rugby World Cup. And he's a recidivist tackler as well for this nature. He's not good, never uses his arms, and he's got away with it before as well. So all of a sudden, um, the world may use him as a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be front page of, of every English paper for, for weeks probably because he's just such an important part of that English rugby team. Obviously, he's the captain, he's the kicker, he's the, he's the number 10, he covers them in the midfield. Um, and as you say, he's a bit of a serial offender when it comes to this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's plenty, plenty of grist for the mill. Matildas in the Football World Cup, the Women's World Cup, uh, they lost to England last night. Did you stay up and watch the game? You know, I think I told you I'd get back in, involved in the, in the sharper end of the competition, and I have to a certain you did. extent. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I, I love the, um, the Matildas uh, French game, um, you know, if you can love a nil or draw, I just thought it, you know, it just had everything in it. And that penalty shootout is something, you know, I won't, I won't be forgetting anytime soon. I must admit, uh, I, and, I, and I watched a bit of the other, um, the other semi. I just couldn't stay up uh, last night. It was a little bit, little bit beyond my bedtime. And I was, I was hoping when I opened up the phone this morning that I'd see uh, Aussie get through. But when I saw the three-one uh, scoreline, I was like, oh, okay, that's, it is what it is. But I suppose you've got, you've got two teams. I, believe neither of those two teams have nope. made it through to a final before so um, you know whatever happens we're going to have a have a new winner and 
and I guess, you know, we're starting to, you know, people are starting to talk about what the impact of this tournament has been, and, and it has been huge, and I think in terms of that um, consistently growing momentum that, um, that's happening around um, the way that we view um, women's sport and the importance um, that, we, that we put on it, you know, it's, um, it's all sort of trending in the right direction. Absolutely. Leave it there, Nath. Appreciate your thoughts. Lovely. Thanks, mate. Laugh out loud, thanks to Ag Prow, because life on the farm can be a laughing matter. Some angry guy just, some angry guy of road rage just yelled out his window, I'm going to make your life a living hell. I yelled back, appreciate it, but I'm not looking for a relationship right now. Go and enjoy the sunshine. Hopefully there's a bit more of it happening in the next week. We'll leave it there for the afternoon. My name's Andy Muir. This has been the Muster on Hokanui. Thanks to Peter's Genetics. See you tomorrow at 1 o'clock.